Welcome back. You are listening to Nate the Hate on iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, and Google Podcast. Be sure to like the video and subscribe if you haven't already and ring that notification bell so you're notified each time a brand new video goes live on YouTube. And today's episode is dedicated to Sketch Dog and Shamsa. So we have a double dedication. Each generously donated $100 to support the channel. We appreciate your generosity and support. And once again, today's episode is dedicated to Sketch Dog and Shamsa. And I'd like to welcome in my co-host, Modern Vintage Gamer. What's going on, Nate? Great to be here. Always great having you. And we have a hot topic today. This is one that social media has caught fire over. And it is a curious topic because this is the first time in a long time that Nintendo has gone to social media and specifically chose to refute a recent report. Though they don't specifically name the outlet, they do specify the date in which the report dropped. And this is very unlike Nintendo. Typically, we see them maybe issue a press release or a statement to the media saying, we have no comment at this time or some, you know, something more along those lines. Instead, they went to Twitter and they put out this tweet. A news report on July 15th, 2021 claimed that the profit margin of the Nintendo Switch OLED model would increase compared to the Nintendo Switch. To ensure correct understanding among our investors and customers, we want to make clear that the claim is incorrect. Now, what was your initial reaction and read of this tweet when you saw it posted early this morning, MVG? Well, it was three in the morning for me, Nate, so I was uh, rubbing my eyes reading this tweet multiple times, and I was just a little dumbfounded <laughs> at what had happened. I, I wanted to make sure it wasn't a fake account. It was a verified account, which it, which it is, obviously, with the the uh, check mark mm-hmm. next to the uh the name there um but look i um i think this is this is unprecedented on so many levels because you're right Nate Nintendo is usually a kind of like a faceless corporation where they don't usually single out you know reports that that are going on in the media and stuff and, and make comments like this they usually like you said, we'll just say we don't comment on rumors and speculation or most of the time they don't say anything. And and that's just the way things have, do, have been done for such, such a long time. So obviously Nintendo is responding to this and you're right, they are responding to Bloomberg based on their report from July 15th, specifically Mochizuki with his article about the price increase, potential profit margin of the OLED model and basically shutting it down. So what do I think about this? Look, I think Nintendo isn't really like, I feel like they have just had enough. You know, there's been a lot of reports that Bloomberg has come out with and we can talk about, you know, the accuracy of those um, as we get into this, but I don't think they um, are playing around anymore. I think this is a clear message to Bloomberg telling them to knock it off. You know, you need to, you need to stop this and the world or the public, in other words, people like us, we're kind of the audience. We're watching this kind of unfold, you know, in, in 4k. So 
I think it's interesting. I think it's a very powerful move that Nintendo has made. Um, and I kind of welcome the transparency. I'm not going to lie. I think it was kind of interesting that they did this, but I know that we're going to get into, you know, we're going to dig into this. Um, so I definitely want to hear what you have to say before we, before I say more, but, um, yeah, I, I just thought, you know, Nintendo has had enough and whether Mm -hmm. the information that Mochi has presented is accurate or not, I think Nintendo is really just telling them you need to stop. Um, We've got investors and we're trying to make sure that they are taken care of. And what you're doing is potentially causing confusion and uncertainty with our investors. So we need you to Mm -hmm. stop this. And I think that's ultimately why we saw that tweet. Yeah, when I saw the tweet hit this morning, I was definitely taken aback by it because this isn't something that we typically see from Nintendo when it comes to official communication with media partners or even investors. But for them to go to the Nintendo Co. LTD IR Twitter account, which is specifically reserved for investors and shareholder type of communications, to come out with this statement and Also keep in mind, they didn't issue an official press release with the statement. They also didn't file an official release with the stock exchange with the statement. They solely went to social media to relay this information. So it's clear that their intention was for it to spread. Mm -hmm. They wanted as many eyes on it for not only the consumer, but also the investors, as they mentioned in the tweet itself. And when I saw it, my first thought was, this is a really odd report to come out and publicly refute. We've seen time and time again, build of material reports for every console manufacturer come out ahead of launch because these components are public. You can find the pricing of these materials in public marketing. The cost of an OLED screen, the memory, all of these components, it's not a trade secret. Nothing in the Bloomberg report itself was framed as inside information. Every single quote cited in the article itself was from industry analysts or market firm analysts. And they're named, they're quoted, and that's where a lot of the pricing information came from. So there was nothing there that it was necessarily a case of, you know, trade secrets Mm -hmm. that they wanted to get ahead of. But they took issue with the idea that the article implied it did not straight out say as, you know, as a fact that Nintendo would have higher profit margins, just that the expectation or that the potentiality is there for higher profit margins due to the build of material costs increasing only by $10. Yeah. Now I could see how that may influence an investor. You say, well, oh, the build of material cost on the current switch is X amount. Now you're only increasing it by $10, but the difference of the retail price between these two units is $50. That means we should be seeing a higher revenue stream produced once the OLED model is introduced in October. So now as you, as an investor, you might get excited saying, we're going to see higher revenue reporting coming in Q3 and Q4 after the holiday, 
once the introduction of this hardware is made. And that is not necessarily going to be true because the Bloomberg article specifically was only talking about build of material. It wasn't factoring in external factors, be it freight or retail costs on top of everything. So Nintendo isn't netting $40 of profit from the OLED model. So if you sell a million of them, they're not making $40 million on hardware. The number is going to be significantly lower once all of those external factors are actually measured and calculated. So when I see a statement like this come out, I really wonder what was their goal behind it? Because other outlets earlier in the month, so we're talking that predate the Bloomberg report, in some cases by over a week, also had quotes from analysts saying this release should lead to higher profit margins. And one of the outlets that did this, and it didn't really gain much attention, I would imagine, because the article itself was behind a paywall. But it is from Nikki Mm -hmm. from Japan, who is regarded as one of the most credible and reliable outlets in Japan when it comes to Nintendo information. And they specifically had a quote from Hideki Yasuda, a senior analyst at the ACE Economic Research Institute. And Yasuda said, the price hike will improve the low profitability of hardware. The company's software sales plan is conservative, which will lead to an increase in business performance. So their opening statement really isn't any different than what the Bloomberg report also made notation of, that the higher price of this OLED model will improve profitability on hardware specifically. So why was it Bloomberg that Nintendo sought to put a hit piece out on this morning and not all the reporting that was, you know, focused in on the profit margins? And as you made mention, it very well could have came down to that simple fact that Bloomberg has been very vocal over the last several months of a revision coming in 2021. Though Nikki also reported back in March that Nintendo was going to have a revision with a better screen, higher resolution performance that would launch in 2021. Now, depending on how you want to read that, you could say they were referring to the OLED model. And I would argue that you're incorrect because they specifically mention higher resolution. Mm-hmm. And as we know, the OLED model is not delivering higher resolution, higher contrast. Yes, but not resolution. So I would say that they were reporting back in March also a 4K system, though they didn't go that in depth with details. But that's a matter for a different day. Yeah. But when you have numerous outlets basically you know, reporting similar information, why do you just target? Bloomberg, if it is because they're more vocal, that they've been more insistent on what's to come, Mm -hmm. I can understand why as a company you want to take control of your narrative. You want to take back control of the messaging that you want to put forth. And if your concern is with investors, seeing a Bloomberg article come out and say, here's the build of material, this should lead to higher profit margins, and you as Nintendo come out saying, you know what? Maybe that information is 100% accurate as far as build of material is concerned. But when this product launches, 
we're not going to have a higher profit margin due to those external factors, be it freight, maybe even COVID and inflation on certain components. But we will eventually, maybe not necessarily in the immediate short term, but in the long term, it will be higher profitability in terms of margin gains. It's just not there yet. And Nintendo is calming investor expectation so that they don't go into Q3 and Q4 expecting record-breaking revenue due to the introduction of OLED and that they want to bring them back to earth saying, we're still going to be profitable. We're still going to have a good year, but we don't want that. I'll call it the Pokemon Go frenzy. You had investors thinking Nintendo was going to make billions and billions of dollars off Pokemon Go because they didn't understand that Nintendo's stake in Pokemon Go, the Pokemon company and Niantic was very small. So the percentage of revenue that they were getting from that product was minuscule, if not trivial. And when that report finally came out of their earnings after Pokemon Go exploded across the world and became a phenomenon, investors were taken aback saying, we expected you guys to be making a lot more money this quarter. What happened? And Nintendo had to clarify, Pokemon Go isn't our game. So maybe that's what happened here is they wanted to get ahead of their I believe it's August 5th or August 6th, they have their next earnings report and they want to get ahead of that by a couple of weeks so that investors going to that event don't have too many questions about the profitability range when the OLED model is introduced in just a handful of months. Yeah, I mean, I I think that's definitely a valid way that this could go. You know, so you're right. Nick Nikki has made reports but Bloomberg was the target of this tweet. I mean, they said July 15th, so let, let's be clear on that. Um, I think the reason why they went after Bloomberg specifically is because Bloomberg has that wider Western reach. Nikki is, um, it's. I mean, it's not that well known outside of, you know, of Japan other than analysts and, and people that, that are in the know with, with that. Um, but Bloomberg, I mean, most of us are subscribed to Bloomberg or we see Bloomberg on our on our timelines. Um, so with that said, I think there is some merit in, in saying that Nintendo completely shut down that line of conversation before their investors meeting. So investors don't ask questions um, about, you know, well, w- what about the report of um, a switch that had 4k or Tell me about the bill of materials cost. Um, we, we read that it's it's going to be um, you guys are going to make forty dollars on 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 each switch sold. You know those questions now have have been elim- eliminated from the conversation. So you're right, Nate. Maybe they are doing this to control the narrative. But I also have another another kind of thing I want to throw at you, and that is um, you mentioned that you know. Third-party analysts have looked at the bill of materials. Bloomberg was very transparent. They didn't – it wasn't a leak of any sort. They basically just named, you know, the people that um, provided the, the cost of parts and stuff, which is right. But what if what if Nintendo is correct um, and they're sticking – you know, they're basically just, you know, hitting back and saying, no, you, you're wrong. Um, it's not really up to Nintendo at that point to – to provide a breakdown of parts. Um, now, maybe they'll do that to um, investors. If investors do indeed ask that question, maybe they they will be more transparent there. But, I mean, is it possible, I guess this is my, this is my question to you, is it possible that 
the the money that Nintendo is making, um, you know, or or that you know, Nintendo saying they're not making more money or whatever, um, could be true in that, you know, there is modifications to the dock. Um, there is modifications to there's gonna be, you know, modifications to the motherboard. There's an Ethernet to USB um, you know, port built in. Um and and there's a chip shortage right now. Um could could those not, you know, affect the price of the bill of materials that were quoted mm-hmm. by these analysts, or do you think that they've kind of factored those those things into into the equation? We'll be back after a quick break. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomized genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative a construction off the <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely entirely check out the gaming blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now i mean it's, it's a tough question to really approach because let's say the chip shortage there has been a price change when it comes to supplying the components for the chip. That in turn would mean the profit margins of the Switch on shelves right now and Switch Lite would also be decreasing. Right. And they could be though, right? Because we don't know what that is. It could be. Yeah. Right. And that's one of the aspects of Nintendo's tweet that I do take issue with is that they really don't specify what they mean when they say, well, the prof- what they're saying about the profit margin in the Bloomberg report isn't true. But why isn't it true? Why won't they go into that detail and explain what the discrepancy is in the report and by what Nintendo was saying? Because technically speaking, both can be right. Mm-hmm. Nintendo can be 100% correct in their statement and Bloomberg's figures can be accurate as well. And I understand some people may say, well, how is that possible? Because if Nintendo is measuring external factors, be it shipping, retail, present, marketing, you know, via ads and marketing campaigns and even research and development, if they're factoring that into their overall revenue and even the profit margin that they're going to get per unit, yeah, that's going to come down versus the current switch. And we don't even know the profit margin on the switch on shelves right now. Let's just say for a number for the discussion. And we'll keep it simple. We'll say it's 10%. Right. So it's $30 based on the $300 tag. So if you came in at 10% on the $350, you're getting $35. Mm-hmm. But now, once you factor in all those other external factors, it comes in, let's say it comes in at an even $30. So you're identical number between the two units. But now what that would say is that Nintendo's statement on Twitter is correct. The profit margin didn't increase. It's less than that 10%, but the overall figure are comparable, but it doesn't change Bloomberg's estimates of build a material. And that's where there's a lot of conflation going on with these, is that people are taking it and saying, well, Bloomberg is wrong. Yet they don't have to be wrong. Nintendo is purposely phrasing what they are doing 
in a deliberate manner because they they technically don't owe anyone an explanation as to why they are saying the profit margin isn't going to increase. They don't owe that explanation to a single person. They know why. And that's for them to figure out when they're handling the books. Because for all we know, they could be comparing this to launch day back in 2017, what the profit margin was on the Nintendo Switch. It doesn't have to be present day. And when you look at their phrasing, it does leave that open to possibility. They just say the profit margin of the OLED model would increase compared to the Nintendo Switch. At what point in time? Or are you talking about individual units? Yeah. Are you considering those external factors previously mentioned for both of the systems here? Or are you just using it for the OLED model? What is the actual reason the profit margin isn't increasing? Because if I'm an investor, the Switch has been on shelves for five years. It launched in 2017. We're now in 2021. Four years, five years, depending on how you really want to calculate the life or the shelf life of the product. But it has used the same component since 2019. Yeah. Component prices should have been coming down. COVID withstanding components, especially at the yields that the switch sees, the pricing should be coming down. If you are not getting profit margin gains on these components after this amount of years, something's wrong. Something is wrong in your supply chain. And it makes me wonder, what is the purpose of this OLED model if you're not going to be making more money? Because Nintendo's tweet as it stands is technically saying we're not making as much money on this new model as we did on our old model we're making less money on a product that is thought to or has been expected to potentially phase out the current switch over a period of time you as an investor don't want to hear that you're not making more money or that you're not even matching you're not even at a one-to-one ratio with the current switch yeah, that's that's disturbing news. You know, if I'm an investor at Nintendo and I read Bloomberg and most of these investors probably do, I'd be questioning, you know, what is going on? You know, like, what are you guys up to? Because we're reading these things over here, yet when you announce, make these announcements, something's not matching up. Like some some part of it's matching up, you know, like half of it's kind of matching up, but there's a disconnect here. And Again, Nate, I, I just feel like Nintendo just wanted to put a stop to this and um, Paul Mochi was was the recipient of that. And, um, you know, it, 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 you know I, I kind of feel for the guy because a lot of his reports have been correct and a lot of his information uh-huh. has been accurate. I mean, he reported that an OLED model switch would be coming out in October of this year. That information is undisputed i mean that's that's 100 accurate yep. but some of his other information obviously didn't turn out that way now is that his fault or you know it, you know should he have kind of not pressed the send button on the report you know to send to his editor before it got posted i mean possibly um but you know if if your sources um, you know, all kind of match up at the time. And we know how things change at the last minute. 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I do wonder if you know if he should have just held on on these reports a little longer before you know sending them off. Um, but I, I do feel for the guy. But I will also say that I think it is Nintendo's responsibility to step in and communicate clearly, very clearly to investors. And just so it happens, Twitter and, you know, the Twitterverse, right? And I don't think that was um, deliberate at all because you're right. If they wanted to get a message out to investors, they could have done it via other means, right? They didn't Mm -hmm. need to use a public forum to do that. And I think that's really them... I mean, it's being Nintendo, like they're just kind of flexing their muscle a little bit, right? And they're saying, you don't want to mess with us because, you know, we know the answers. We have the answers. You don't, you think you know the answers, but you you don't know all the answers. Um, and, you know, here we are talking about this stuff. So it's very interesting. See, that's the thing, like Nintendo, yes, they know the answers. They hold the answer key. They They make the test. But what if enough of the answer key did fall into the hands of Bloomberg, Nikki, mm-hmm. and Nintendo simply saying there, how did you open our file cabinet? Right. Well, let, let's say for a second that did. Let's say that Mochi's info is correct, that mm-hmm. you know the bill of materials is correct, and they're making $40 profit on each OLED switch. Mm-hmm. How would that damage relations with investors if that information was true why, why would they why would they announce this then why wouldn't they just See, let it go that's the million dollar question is if anything that news purely just as news as an investor will get you excited it's sounds like we're gonna be making more money but i guess it's because when that reality hits and the model is introduced and in q3 which would be october to the end of december you don't see that huge revenue spike and investors are going to say, what happened? Mm -hmm. You introduced this new model that was supposed to have a higher profit margin. Why did we not see higher profit gains in Q3 versus Q3 of last year? And then Nintendo has to explain, well, the profit margin really isn't that high. Here's the build of materials. But due to that external factor and everything that went into the cost of releasing this product, Right now, it's lower than the previous or the other switch. But that doesn't really sound like something that is out of place at a financial briefing. And that's something that I think as an investor, you can understand. So why was it this particular report that just went too far for Nintendo to say, we have to nip this in the bud? We want to discredit Mm -hmm. Bloomberg as an outlet. We want to discredit Mochi as our author mm-hmm. at Bloomberg, we want to discredit his information moving forward so that when their next report about Nintendo hits the airwaves or the newsstands and the internet, that everyone reading it will now view it and give it a second thought saying, what if this isn't right? And that's what this really kind of feels like, yeah. is that Nintendo wants to discredit these reports and the individual. And you only do this for one reason, because the information from the individual is credible. You don't go out of your way to discredit an already unreputable source because they are a waste of time. You let them fade away into their own oblivion. You only seek to discredit 
a valid, incredible outlet. And Nintendo, I think, views Mochi as a threat Mm -hmm. because his reporting has been too on the money recently. Despite what people want to say of, oh, this wasn't accurate. But as you mentioned, he put out the report six weeks ago that a Switch is coming out in 2021 in October with an OLED screen and a new dock. And that was perfect. Yep. And now you come out with a build of material report. Again, citing public information, naming analysts in the marketing sector who have access to supplies and have access to the information to say, this is what the screen cost. This is what the memory cost. Cost is cost. If the screen, if the OLED screen is costing Nintendo 350, or that is what the screen sells for in the mass market is 350 for this OLED screen. If Nintendo is paying 450 for it, well, then they're a dumb company. Because at the end of the day, if it's a 350 screen, it costs 350. If you're paying more for it, then you made a mistake somewhere in your contract agreements. But you would only come after an outlet that's credible. And the fact that they chose Bloomberg and Mochi, I think, speaks volumes. They want to discredit this credible source so that the public doubts them, so that investors doubt them, so that the gaming community moving forward will second guess the information from this outlet. Now, is this going to slow down the editors or Mochi at Bloomberg? Very, very unlikely. If anything, Nintendo lit a fire under their ass. It's They're going to go to their sources. It's interesting you say that. Like, I do wonder what's next for Bloomberg mm-hmm. and Mochi, whether they'll maybe cool it a little bit and, and you know, whatever comes out next they will maybe sit on for a little while longer before they drop stories. Is Mochi's job at Bloomberg under threat? I mean, there's all sorts of questions, but I mean, you're probably right. They're, they're now lit a fire under Mochi. And if, you know, if Bloomberg's team there, uh, well, if, if his team there continues to support him, hopefully they will. I mean, I don't really see anything changing. I, I still think we'll see more of it, but mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean, it is interesting. Like, I do wonder, you know, do you think it was a mistake that Mochi did release the the most recent report about the, um, you know, estimated bill of materials and the, the, the profit, potential profits that, that could come from the OLED switch? Because when, when I saw that report, I was like, now, why is this coming out now? You know, we, we, we just got the announcement. Um, the pre-orders, um, you know, are coming and everything. So why is this that re- why is really this that important right now to talk about? Um, so do you think that it was a mistake, or do you think you know it was newsworthy um, that he did make that that report? I don't think it was a mistake to release the report. If there was any mistake, maybe it was just the implication that this could lead to the higher profit margins. But higher profit margins has always been the goal with revisions. Because what we typically saw with revisions is that they came in at a lower price than what the hardware that it followed launched at. Because components come down in price, it's cheaper to make the systems due to increased yields. So you come at that lower price to spark new interest in your brand so you can sell a lot of units at more profitable hardware. So it's really nothing new for this industry. It's fairly standard. All the console manufacturers do it. And with the report, We've seen build of material reports time and time again. 
this isn't new reporting either. So maybe if they didn't imply that this could lead to higher profit margins or, mm -hmm. you know, then it would have been a little more acceptable. But I still think the reaction from Nintendo just seems out of place. So much this personal, isn't, isn't it? Yeah, it feels <laughs> like it's a personal vendetta against them yeah. of how dare you report these build of materials. Right. While, as we mentioned earlier, two other outlets preceded the Bloomberg report by over a week. And yeah, they didn't gain as much traction. So maybe they weren't misinterpreted in a way that the Bloomberg article was. And I think a lot of people looked at the Bloomberg article and they took numbers and they created facts that didn't necessarily exist. And when I talk about that, what I mean is we saw the number of like $40. So we say Nintendo's making $40 on the OLED switch. From a pure build of material standpoint, that is the potential profit margin. But as we know, that's not how business works. That's not how hardware works. That's not how the gaming industry works. There's always those external factors. So if anyone operated under that idea that Nintendo was netting $40 a system, that's on you. The mm -hmm. report didn't say that. The report was simply saying the build of materials is $10 more than the current Switch. So that's the only implication that should have been taken away from that article is that it's not that much more of an investment for Nintendo to produce this new hardware. I don't think that's bad reporting. I don't think there's anything wrong with that style of reporting because even if we, they waited to say, let's say October 8th when the switch OLED launches and you could open up the hardware, you can take out each component and you Google searched it by the serial number and you got the cost per unit eventually the build of material was going to be reported anyways. Was Nintendo going to come out on October 15th and say, how dare Linus Tech Tips puts out this information? It's wrong. Would they have gone that far then? This just feels as though it was a personal, it was a personal attack against Bloomberg for being too credible and they needed to silence their threat. Because that's the only time you would pull this move. This is a maneuver. This is a defensive reactionary maneuver when somebody is pushing on you. Uh, and you have to do something. I don't I don't disagree, but I also don't agree with with what you're saying. <laughs> like I feel like this was a lot simpler than than that, Nate. I think this is just a look, no, there's no question they can, they're trying to control the messaging here. I think we could definitely agree on that. But yes. I kind of treat this very much the same as what recently happened with E3, where there was a report that E3, uh, the ESA was going to pay or charge for premium. I can't remember what it was. You know, there was a there was a premium tier right. where you would have to pay to to watch some of the the events. Uh -huh. And then the ESA basically came out and just shut it down and said, no, that's, that's wrong, right? Uh -huh. I, I kind of treat this in the same fashion as that. But having said that, I mean, it did come from, you know, their corporate um, account. It wasn't a PR statement, right? Um, it wasn't a public relations Correct. thing. And that's the part that that I guess we, we may never know the answer to, you know, at the end of the day, we can sit here and speculate. Um, I think you, you, you have a valid argument that maybe, you know, Mochi is getting too close to the truth and they just wanted to nip it in the bud. So that's certainly 
a you know a, a possibility. But I also feel like my viewpoint in that they're just sick of you know reading about this stuff. Investors are confused. There's the possibility of it being damaging to their brand. And they said, we've, we've had enough of this. We, we need to stop this um, right now. Right. And now whether, like you said, whether it's going to succeed, um, well, it remains to be seen. I mean, right now mm-hmm. Nintendo is taking a victory lap, but that doesn't necessarily mean Mochi won't, you know, have more reports in the future about the Switch. You're right. They may have lit a fire under him. He may now really want to um, dig deeper and find out all sorts of stuff. So I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by this. I mean, th- this one tweet has just like illuminated my whole day. You know, I'm just trying to figure out where, where things are going to go from here, you know? Yeah. I th- the truth is probably somewhere in a happy middle between yeah. both of our views on this. And it really could be a case of Nintendo so mochi getting a little too close to truths that they didn't want out just yet. So they want to discredit the reporting as quickly as they can, calm expectations for investors, and just say, we have to, let's go business as usual. Yeah. We, we can explain to them that revenue is still going to be strong. We're just not going to see those high peaks that you would expect from the higher profit margin gains on new hardware that you would typically see from previous releases. So now that happens, you calm the investors down and there probably is a little bit of confusion in the market due to, you know, the 4K or the Switch Pro as was dubbed and then this OLED model. And I think Nintendo really wanted to come out here and make that example of Bloomberg and Mochi specifically because when Nintendo introduced the OLED model, their stock took a dip. Investors were not excited for this. This was not the model that had been in the news. Mm -hmm. This was a that's it type of moment for an investor. This wasn't exciting. This wasn't going to move the needle any meaningful way. Right, because we were expecting, I think everyone was expecting mm -hmm. something more, you know? Yes. Yeah, as specifically as Bloomberg mentioned in their reporting back in June that it was that model. And now a month later, it, it was not that model. It was a conflation of two truths merging into one. I think and, I think what you're saying right there is is the crux of this issue. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it could really be something that simple where it was just, we need to discredit Bloomberg so we don't see that type of stock dip. But at the same time, what I would love to ask Nintendo or even in, to an investor and a shareholder at Nintendo, without the reporting of a more powerful switch on the horizon would you still have been excited about this oled revision coming out this year or would it still have been kind of that flat welcoming of this is what you're going to come out with this holiday what's the difference and with that in mind if nintendo followed up and said we're not going to be making any more money on this hardware versus the current switch what is your motivation as a investor to be excited for this oled model yeah like Put those two factors in your mind. It's still the OLED model, but Nintendo is going to follow up and say, our profit margins aren't increasing. Yeah. I mean, it, that, that's, I mean, it's a good question. And that's, I would love to ask even Nintendo that of 
because now we're at the point kind well, of buy buy, of, buy one share and jump on the call in in august <laughs> you may get a chance it's true <laughs> and like i don't think i'd be that excited i'd be like so you're introducing new hardware but we're not making more money you're coming in at a higher price but we're not making more money the internals are the same and we're not making more money why, why is this product a thing and that's not due to bloomberg reporting that's just due to a an odd product yeah. and now it's on nintendo to say to investors hey this is going to become a higher profit margin gainer over a period of time maybe not in the first three months or maybe not even this fiscal year so for the first six months but after that we're looking at higher profits and that's where their tweet can be the truth due to those other factors will be covered within those six first six months and then they net those higher gains and that's where bloomberg's report maybe it was just a little too early or is true it's yeah. just it's a weird situation that i really don't understand why nintendo felt the need to come out to refute beyond the fact that they want to discredit bloomberg yeah on and a, on a twenty four thousand follower twitter account like most of these investors <laughs> probably don't even know about this twitter account Right, That's they're true. probably reading Bloomberg. They probably read this article in Bloomberg. Yeah, because Mochi <laughs> reported. Mochi <laughs> reported the tweet saying Nintendo is not expecting higher profit margins on the introduction of the OLED Switch, despite our article that reported the estimates from industry experts suggesting that is the direction that it should be moving in. Yeah. Like the weird thing with this topic is, it makes Bloomberg look bad. From their reporting standpoint, it hurts Mochi's reputation. But I don't see Nintendo coming out of this looking good either. Because this just sounds like you're releasing an overpriced piece of hardware that's not even that profitable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, like, Nintendo didn't gain in this in any way. Right. Yeah, and I don't think... I don't think it was really their their goal to to gain um, in this. I don't think this tweet was there to to look good, you know, to to win back some, you know, some fan um, accolades or something because uh -huh. they were disappointed about the OLED model or, or or whatnot. I mean, again, this was just a message to investors, um, but they they crafted it so. The world could see it at the same time, and I yes. think and you know that's that's yes, really that they they played a masterful word game, yeah, because their wordplay is essentially the profit's not going up, but you don't know why. We're yeah. not going to tell you why, and we're basically saying the Bloomberg report is fake, but we're also not going to tell you why either. Mm -hmm. So it's how do you dispute those claims? They're not giving you anything to lean on. I can I can look at that and lean into it and say, you are using the external factors of cost to basically say, well, they're not right. They're technically right, but we're not going to give them that credit because we're going to be we're playing a game of semantics here. If you were Mochi, mm -hmm. what would you what would your next move be? Would you be filling out your oh, resignation boy. right now at at Bloomberg and saying? I gave it my best <laughs> shot, but, you know, I'm done here. I'm going to go fishing. Or do you kind of hold firm and say, let's go, boys. I'm, 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 I'm really pumped now for this. If you want to fight me, let's, let's, let's fight. Yeah, I'd say, come on, let's go. You think 
you think this is over? All you did is motivate me more. I'm going to get better information and I'm going to come out with the next thing. And let's see if you come out publicly to refute it again, because you probably won't. You did it this one time for whatever reason you thought you had to. And again, you didn't do it through an official channel directly to your stockholders. You didn't even through it, go through it with a legal means. Uh, I just of find a it stock funny. It's, it's like statement. a twenty-four thousand Twitter follower account. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, a lot of the social media discourse that I've seen today is like, "Oh, look, Bloomberg Insiders wrong again." This wasn't an insider report. The sources were named. The sources are known. You can look up their credentials. I was getting I was getting people mad at me about this because I reported on Bloomberg videos, you know, about about the switch. I mean, there's been all sorts of stuff going on on, and, on Twitter today. Yeah. And the original report, even with the Nintendo statement factored in, the reason you release revision hardware is to increase a profit margin. That isn't incorrect. That's why that that's why those releases exist. It's so the company can make more money. They can get rid of the older models because sometimes those end up costing more because the components are no longer in mass production. So you phase into new, cheaper components and supplies and you do the revision. That's why you have a PS3 Slim. That's why you had the PS2 Super Slim that mm-hmm. was terrible and flimsy. It was cheaper for them to produce. And they come in at that price and they sell it. So this is, as we said, this isn't a new thing for the industry. So Nintendo going that route, which they have done with the DS, the 3DS, they made that red Wii for Canada. Oh, I love that. that? The Wii Mini, I've got one. Yeah, the Wii Mini. It doesn't have any online. (laughs) Hey, man, you want a system that has no DRM on it at all and plays every Wii game offline? The Wii Mini's got you covered. It has no online, has no GameCube support, has no GameCube (laughs) test. But like that type of revision was for Nintendo to make money, more money on that release in the limited market that it was released in. And that's where like the Bloomberg report, there's something there that's that needed a statement of refuting. It didn't need to be. It didn't need to be contested. Yeah. And I really still don't understand why, like. Beyond what we've discussed, the idea that this was just we have to discredit that outlet. They've been they're flying too close to the sun. Let's shine mm-hmm. a little brighter and melt Icarus's wings. Beyond that, I don't understand the purpose of the statement and what it served. I've seen a lot of people going around now saying, "Oh, Bloomberg doesn't know anything. Mochi is always wrong." So maybe Nintendo did succeed in their goal. That's what At, that's what they're going for. Well, then what I would say to those individuals, be it just a avid fan a gaming enthusiast a forum goer mm-hmm. a youtuber a content creator if you believe bloomberg is inaccurate if you believe bloomberg is wrong in this case or that bloomberg does not have access to good information then by all means moving into the future ignore them ignore what mochi reports don't report it yourself don't comment on it leave it alone because that's what you should do. If you no longer find them credible, ignore what they discuss and ignore what they report. But let's be honest, that's not going to happen. So a lot of YouTubers have gotten criticism because they report on the Bloomberg stories. And now a lot of YouTubers mm-hmm. have been criticized for, you know, I guess, pushing the narrative, right? That that Bloomberg has 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 started. Mm-hmm. 
So do you think that it's a YouTuber's responsibility to, you know, question the the Bloomberg reports that Mochi will bring out in the future? Or do you think it's within their right to just continue to to do so as as they as they have? I mean, look, news is news, and I think if it's coming from, you know, Bloomberg, um, it should be it should be talked about, right? For the most part, unless it's just some mm-hmm. silly small fluff piece. But do you think that you know YouTubers should be on the hook now for for this, or do you think, or do you think just you know they should continue the way that they have been? I say the only ones who should be on the hook are those who come out and say Bloomberg is an unreliable source, and then continue to use Bloomberg news for topics. Mm-hmm. If you believe that they are not a reliable source of information, then you should do your base a service and not report it. Because if you don't believe in the information yourself, why are you going to report it and spread it to your base just to say, I don't believe this, but I'm going to waste your time. Right. And that's my thing is you don't have to believe the Bloomberg report. You don't have to believe Bloomberg for any report. That's up to you as the individual and a content creator who decides to report on, we'll say the, you know, build a material report from last week. If you reported on that on your own, there's nothing wrong with that. This is a credible outlet with a respected author who named several sources for his information. What is what was there to doubt? Yeah. All of the data had backing. It, it had support. This wasn't a case of people in the know or people with knowledge of. This is... Hideki Yasuda of Ace Institute Research says the screen costs X amount. The memory costs X amount. What's wrong with reporting that? Nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we'll ever know the the full story behind behind this one. Um, and honestly, Nate, I think we probably won't see that Twitter account do anything for for years. You know, I think they're just going to go back to um, what they do, and that is nothing, you know. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, um, I'm just fascinated by by this, you know. Um, and I am very curious to see how Bloomberg responds to this. Um, you know, they may just do what Nintendo does and just ignore it and go about their business, which I think is probably what they're going to continue to do. But um, yeah. I do wonder how much damage it's, it has done to Mochi's credibility, whether that is justified or otherwise. Um, I mean, on Twitter, there's people that are like, you know, pointing fingers saying, you know, I never believed his information. His, his track record was, is not great, but I mean, that's a very, very small vocal minority of people. A lot, a lot of people mm-hmm. read Bloomberg, um, you know, outside of, of, of video game people. So mm-hmm. I do wonder how much damage has been done. But, I mean, I think at the end of the day, um, you know, Bloomberg is going to continue on the way they have and and keep doing what they do. I'd say the damage done was probably in the limited circle of people who really weren't that invested in the coverage that yeah. he was doing to begin with. Right. It's just non They go to <laughs> yeah, not investors, and they're not even invested as just fans yeah. in what was being reported. They're just that vocal fan who thinks they understand the industry while they actually have never had a foot in the industry for even half a second. They think by buying a video game that that gives them insight into how a video game is made. And in this case with the Bloomberg stuff is 
if you're a fan and you don't believe in his report, that's fine. Don't believe in his report. But when it ends up being accurate, hopefully you're able to give credit where credit is due. Mm -hmm. But that's too much credit for the social media sphere of humanity. I know that's not going to happen. They're going to just ignore and move on and wait for him to report something else. And then it's when it gets nine out of 10 things right, they're going to say, yeah, but you got that one thing wrong. Right. And that's what and we, that's what they focus. That's on. what that's what we do as humans. You know, we focus mm-hmm. on the negatives. We focus on the outliers. Um, right. I you know when I make a video, I get I get one thousand positive comments. I get one negative comment, and I focus on the negative comment. You know, that's just yes. that's that's how we humans are hardwired like that. That's just the way things are. Yes, that's true. And one thing that I do find slightly disturbing about the Nintendo statement is I understand why a company wants to control or have control over their messaging. And that's, it's a reasonable request for a company to have that level of control. But I do find it disturbing that they have essentially come out and made the claims that Bloomberg's reporting is not accurate Mm -hmm. and to discredit an outlet as an entirety that that is disturbing to see because that creates that fake news narrative where you can't trust these outlets reporting on these corporations the only means of access in terms of information from these corporations has to come from the corporations itself and that's that level of control of messaging that's not good for any industry and that's where if they wanted to refute this i think they could have done it in a better manner they could have done it at a shareholders meeting or at an earnings report and given full-on data and an explanation as to why the profit margin hasn't gained but to go to twitter and blatantly call out an outlet for their report just it feels too far Mm -hmm. yeah i mean uh, (laughs) it does feel personal doesn't it like they're, they're just you know they're, they're taking a shot at, at Bloomberg. This is a kill shot. You know, they're taking at Bloomberg. Um, other outlets did report the same information. Nikki and was it Post Post 7? I can't remember the other one, but there, yes. were, there were other outlets that reported this before Bloomberg got a hold of it, a week before Bloomberg got a hold of it, and nothing really came of that. Um, so it's just, yeah, it, it does seem very calculated and there's just some level of, I don't know what it is personal or there's just something there, you know, with, with, with them and um, Nintendo Monday morning, they, they woke up and they said, Nope, <laughs> we're going to put a stop to this today. And they, they, well, they have for now. Um, we'll see, we'll see where it goes from here. Yeah. I would imagine investors will have follow-up questions even on the tweet itself of saying, well, why did you do this? If I was an investor, um, I'd be asking, can you talk about the tweet in, in some more detail? You know, why, why did you, um, why did you disclose it on a public forum? And, you know, what was the intent of, of the tweet beyond, you know, um, you know, basically shutting down um, any, you know, perceived misinformation or otherwise and like we said it is weird because every company faces rumor 
We can look at Microsoft weekly. There are weekly, Microsoft is an acquisition season that they're going to announce that they just bought a new company. You've never seen Microsoft go to Twitter and say, the report from Outlet Y is incorrect. We are not buying any studio anytime soon. Mm-hmm. That never happens. Even with Sony, Sony doesn't have as many rumors that really float around them, but you just never see a company do it this way. And as we mentioned earlier, typically Nintendo puts out that very generic, we don't comment on rumors and speculation. And this time that when they just come out and totally dismiss a report, and there's been reports in the past, even in recent history, that they that ended up being inaccurate, but they never came out and actually said it. Mm-hmm. And that's where it does it does feel personal. This was a hit piece on Bloomberg. And I mean, I really I do think they just lit a fire under Mochi and Bloomberg to say, if you guys think you knocked this down, you didn't. We're going to continue to do business as usual. We're going to report what we want to report. If you want to refute it, by all means, go ahead and do it. And that's the weird thing with this tweet is they don't really even fully refute the report itself. Yeah. They don't refute build of material costs. All they refute is the idea that profit margin gains could happen. So that means they, Nintendo themselves couldn't really come out and fully say the report was inaccurate. Just the idea that profit margin gains may not be there day one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. Um, just very, very interesting tweet. <laughs> and yeah, let's uh, let's see where it goes from here, man. Um, I don't know. You know, um, if if I was Mochi, I'd I'd probably be taking the day off work today. But yeah, I'd probably come back, you know, energized and ready to go. Um, hopefully, Bloomberg's got his back, and I think they do. And uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm curious to see where where it goes from here. What what he what he uncovers, what he decides to report on next, because uh, I'm sure it's not over. It's definitely not over. If anything, this is just the beginning of an epic saga of the Bloomberg <laughs> versus a Nintendo Odyssey. And <laughs> I mean, I can only speak for myself personally. I will continue to read Bloomberg and Mochi's reports, and I will view them as credible until I see something that is truly 100% off target. Mm -hmm. Until that happens, I am still in his corner and I support him. And that's not going to change for the foreseeable future. He is a quality reporter. He has made a name for himself at Wall Street Journal, Bloomberg highly credible reputable outlets that everyone in the industry respects and i continue to respect the work that they do and we can move into some of the streamlab questions for the week our first comes from Selendrith, donated ten dollars and asks in your view is it due to shortages of chips that there's no 4k in the new switch version I believe that the OLED model was very likely their plan, not necessarily for 2021, but likely for holiday 2020. So I don't think 4K is why this specific model does not have 4K. But I do believe that Nintendo probably had intentions of having the Switch Pro come out in 2021. But due to the impacts of COVID and congestion for the semiconductors and such, They probably had to delay and pivot on that project. 
So the status of that is probably still up in the air because Nintendo could definitely pivot at this point and say, hey, our plan was 2021, but due to everything that happened that caused the delay, maybe we'll change how we're going to position that product and hold it for 2023. It's that's who knows at this point yeah this industry is very fluid things change by the second yeah i i mostly agree with you nate um i think their partners may not be ready they they nintendo themselves may have been ready to to move with it but i think their partners i.e nvidia still need more time um and Mm -hmm. this is what we got yes then had a $25 donation from Zadia Quest, who writes, With the announcement of the most recent Switch revision, I remembered you guys discussing the topic a few months ago. The nostalgia compelled me to donate. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Then had a $5 donation from Elvergon, who writes, Great podcast, guys. Really enjoy your show. Keep those episodes coming. Shall do. Then had a $5 donation from Jake. Right. Thanks, Nate and MBG. You both deserve a million Streamlab dollars for your work. Will Nintendo release an OLED Switch Lite? I'll take one in atomic purple, please. I don't know if we deserve a million Streamlab dollars for our work, but that would be nice one day. Mm, and would be. <laughs> I do anticipate Nintendo will release an OLED Switch Lite in the future. Probably not until let's say second half of 2022 at the absolute earliest. Yeah. I can see it really happening and it could even be a silent revision almost. Yeah. I think once manufacturing of the screens and the yields are high enough, they'll say, okay, time to phase out that switch light. Let's throw in that OLED model, justify that price, maybe even bring the price up to 250 if they really wanted to make a little, Oh, we can't say that. Yeah, we can't say it would increase their profit careful. margin. Why not? You may. You, I don't they, want they Nintendo. May, they may tweet at you and exactly try to want, shut down the that. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we can't say that yet. Then <laughs> <laughs> had a, a dollar donation from Jackie G, who writes: favorite Nintendo console, favorite PlayStation, and favorite Xbox. SNES, PS two, and original xbox i'm gonna say snes ps2 and xbox 360 yeah i i had to think about that a little bit i gotta go with the og xbox yeah 360 just lost odyssey blue dragon yep i mean there's some good stuff there yeah then had a dollar donation from nexus writes is the switch pro likely for 2022 or does that contradict the Switch era strategy of new hardware every other year? At this point, I would expect enhanced hardware in 2023, not 2022. Maybe the Pro was never real and 4K is a next-gen 2023 feature. Thanks. I would say 2022 is potentially still on the table. It likely comes down to the semiconductor shortage and congestion and supply chains as to when they can get the product two shelves and Nintendo could still pivot. They could always pivot and say, let's just make this a full next gen successor though. The 
difference between a successor and a pro really just comes down to marketing and branding. It all comes down to how Nintendo wants to position the unit. And for the sake of this question, I understand that we are operating under the idea that Nintendo's next-gen system is going to continue the Switch line. Um, I mean, we can't even assume that. We never know what Nintendo's doing with next-gen successors. They could abandon the Switch line. We really don't know. But if they do continue the Switch, I, I don't even... 2023 still seems early for a successor, though the hardware is dating rapidly with that X1. So if there were, if the pro is still something that is in existence and the plan was to get it out for 2021 and they had a pivot into 2022, they may repurpose it and just make it a full on successor for 2023. But it's really hard to gauge at this point in time. There's simply not enough information to really develop a full sense of. I agree. I, I think something definitely exists, but I couldn't tell you when it's coming. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's the reality of it. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe 2023. Um, I just, I just don't know what, what, what's coming next. Yeah. Like the, like the dev kits can be out there and their plans can just be continuing to be pushed and because the dev kit distribution was still pretty limited if nintendo had to say use those as bases for working on something bigger they could go that path it's it's really hard to gauge what the future holds right now because there's a lot of uncertainty in the industry as a whole that had a hundred dollar donation from sketch dog the first dedication for this episode thank you they had no question then had a $5 donation from Slopez DO5. Am disappointed by OLED Switch. Thought it'd have a bit more to help with performance. The 4K Pro Rumor hype was out of control, and it's your fault. I'm also <laughs> kidding. That's a ridiculous statement. <laughs> Please say, shut up, Slopez, so everyone can calm down. Go on, Nate. Shut up, Slopez. <laughs> I'm sure he's going to clip that. You can have, probably end up as like fringes introduction again. We can have it as his ringtone on his, <laughs> his mobile phone. That's true. Um, yes. Uh, I am underwhelmed by the OLED switch and I made a video all talking all about why I was underwhelmed by it. So if you haven't seen it already, go check it out. That had a follow-up $5 donation from Slopez DO5. Writes, the white switch looks nice. And though I mostly play in sick the nicer screen does entice me to play handheld more often i think sick meant dock Mm. um do you think when general public finds out metroid is a woman that'll help or hurt rgt 85's chances in either direction if people don't know samus is a woman yet they're never gonna know yeah um yeah, I don't think that's going to hurt or help Sean in any way with his bet. Nintendo is the only thing that can hurt or help Sean at this point. I, um, I'm i actually team Sean for this one. I think Metroid's going to sell 2.96 million. <laughs> Within that first year up to the bet end or for LTD? Oh, well, what was the bet? Was- Sean has until October 8th for Metroid Dread to sell 3 million copies. Yeah, I'd take so has, that bet. One year. I'd take that bet. 
I could see that's my that's my struggle with it. I can easily see the game eclipsing three million lifetime sales, but I it's not going to happen within that first year. It might be a little evergreen where it sells, you know, maybe that quarter million copies for a couple of years after the fact. So I could see it end up I, I over think, three million. Yeah, I, I think the OLED model marketing helps, but I mean the OLED models have sold out, right? And when, as far as we can when, tell, when are we going to see them again? People are going to be like, "Oh, oh, that game that came out with the OLED model that I can't actually buy." Oh, what was that one again? I don't remember what it was. <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see how that title releases, and I think the first month of sales are going to be pretty telling. If it, like I said on the Spawncast before, I think come January when Nintendo does their Q3 financial report, if Metroid Dread is below 3 million in those first three months, which would be October, November, and December. I think Sean has a realistic chance of winning the bet, depending where the report comes in. If it comes in at like 2.8 million, then Sean's going to lose. If it comes in closer to like 2 million flat, I think Sean ends up winning in the end. Mm -hmm. But that's when January, no, I think it's February when the numbers come out. By February, we will have a good idea whether or not Sean has to play Balan Wonderworld. <laughs> <laughs> then had a $2 donation from Liam Werner. Writes two questions and they are related. Do you think the Steam Deck is a good indication that Valve isn't going to port their games to Switch? And do you think the Steam Deck is a threat to the Switch's success in the future? Now, this is a topic that we will touch on in the very near future, but as Valve brought any games to the switch yet i don't think so i don't think so yeah i don't think they did and whether or not the steam deck is a threat to switch's success in the future i will say very flat no yeah i i, I would agree with that i'm just thinking about like why wouldn't they bring like the orange box to the switch how cool would that be but oh, that's, awesome. that's another conversation. But we can definitely, we'll, we we definitely yeah. wanted to talk about the Steam Deck v versus Switch <laughs> discussion. Um, so we'll, we'll be covering that um on a future episode. Yes, that had a dollar donation from Jamax. Writes people are saying Valve is the Nintendo Switch killer but they do not realize that people said the same about the PlayStation Vita that was much more powerful than the 3DS. Do you think that people do not realize that the Valve Deck is not a casual gamer product? A lot of what we're seeing on social media in terms of reaction to the Steam Deck is from the core gamer base. So these are Valve fans. These are PC gamers. These are the hardcore enthusiasts. So I do believe that is some of the factor being you know, distributed in online discourse at this time, because as we've mentioned elsewhere, if I can't walk into a store and just pick one of these up, that automatically caps its sales potential and appeal. But that's also something we'll go into greater detail once we discuss this topic. Then had a $3 donation from Jamax writes, Nintendo was right not to put out a Switch Pro this year. It would have been compared to the Valve Deck which would have hurt Nintendo Switch Pro sales. Do you think that the true comparison should be between the Valve Deck and the next-gen Switch? I mean, they will inevitably be compared once a next-gen or a 
more powerful revision of the switch is introduced. That's just the natural order of things. And of course, the goalposts will move at that point if Nintendo's comes out a year or two later and they'll say, well, it has newer tech. Of course, it's better. So I wouldn't say necessarily a true comparison can be made between the two because they're just very they're very different products. Yeah. Yes, they're both portable. Yes, they're portable gaming consoles, but they're very different. They're targeting different things. And one is the size of a miniature car, and the other one is a yeah. slightly more handheld in comparison. But when the Valve deck is like a Mini Cooper compared to a Switch, I mean, it's, the elements that we could compare are infinitesimal in truth but that's something we'll also discuss in more detail when we do the topic on this and had a five dollar donation from jamax writes nintendo fans should be happy with the valve deck competition is good for consumers hopefully the specs of the valve deck will be the floor for the next gen switch in 2024 do you think that next gen switch reached the performance of the xbox series s no yeah, in raw figures, no. When you factor in something like a DLSS type solution, you can get resolution and even frame performance that's probably comparable. But in terms of just raw performance figures, no, I don't believe they'll come close to an Xbox Series S. Even once you factor in battery life and all those other factors, yeah. it's still coming under. Yeah, Nintendo Nintendo's approach to the next Switch or the Pro, whatever we call it, is they have to figure out a way where they can have more powerful hardware running at the same battery life. That is what they're trying to solve for. Once, if and yeah. when they can solve for that, that's when we'll see new hardware. Mm-hmm. We then had a $100 donation from Shamsa, the second dedication for this episode. No question. Thank you for your continued support and generosity, Shamsa. And then we had a $5 donation from Matanume, who writes, something that complete, that got completely overlooked. What did we think of Tony Hawk 1 and 2 Switch port? Will we see a big sale before the year ends, like we saw with Crash and Spyro? I didn't play the Switch port. I picked it up on the PS4. I liked it. But honestly, I, I didn't really care too much about the Tony Hawk stuff this time around. Um... I know people are going to say, what? But, I mean, <laughs> I, I just felt like, yeah, it was great that it came back, but it was it had its moment for maybe a week and then people forgot about it, you know? It was cool, but I think there's something inherently about the Tony Hawk games where it was, like, so awesome to play, you know, in, in the 2000s, you know? So it was so great to have have that game, but it's 2021 and video games have evolved um and i just felt like yeah it it was cool for a hot minute um and then the switch port um all i've heard good things about it's you know 30 frames per second and uh, and all that stuff so i i just didn't really th- i wasn't that interested in it yeah i had i haven't played the switch port like you mentioned i've heard good things about it yes it's at 30 frames a second i believe the local multiplayer kind of has significant frame rate drops and even resolution drops. But if you don't really play local co-op, you're not going to encounter that problem. But I echo your thoughts. I played the Tony Hawk 1 and 2 free trial on the Xbox. And I was a big fan of these two games back on the PlayStation 1, Dreamcast. 
So I was like, I can't wait to pick this up. And the magic just wasn't there for me. Yeah. And I mean, maybe it's because I'm, you know, I'm 22 years older than I was when I played these games. I'm not a kid. I'm not into that skateboarding, you know, that generation anymore. So it just lost that sense of appeal. It played well. It just didn't resonate with me the way I thought it was. I went into that free trial excited. I was like, I can't wait to return to the Tony Hawk one and two. And as I'm playing, I was like, you know, it's playing like I remember, but I'm just not having that high that I remember. And yeah. it was, it was disappointing. Actually, it was kind of like, yeah, it was kind of like that moment of, wow, youth is gone. Yeah, I agree. And I, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to rag on the Tony Hawk stuff because it, it's a good game, right? Like I think, yes. you know, it, it, it reviewed well. It's great. Um, it's got great quality of life features and everything. Mm-hmm. But honestly, if I want to play Tony Hawk, I'd just turn on my Dreamcast and play one and two on the Dreamcast because I don't have to mess around with connecting my system online and downloading the latest patches mm-hmm. and all that. Um, it's just easier if I just play the original games. And not to you know drag this topic on for too long, but it, it reminds me kind of the bit that came up where people said, how can a remaster score lower than the original? But if I were to review Tony Hawk 1 and 2 on these modern platforms, I absolutely would have came in lower than the original just because my feelings of that joy weren't there. And some of it is definitely nostalgia where I'd rather hook up my Dreamcast and pop in Tony Hawk and play it on my Dreamcast than play it on these modern consoles. And it's maybe it's something about the visuals. Maybe it's just something about the control and the overall feel of the game that is just ever so slightly different. And that's what resonates with me. Like, this port is beautiful. They did a fantastic job with it. If you have interest in these games, pick them up. You'll maybe enjoy it. If you're looking to get that nostalgia high, you may fall into that category of like MVG and myself of there's just something about it that wasn't there. And I can't put into words what it was that was lacking. Mm -hmm. I wish I understood it because... This was definitely a release I was looking forward to a lot and saying, I can't wait. Or even Tony Hawk on the PSP. Yeah. It was fantastic at the time. And I, it's really disappointing that I just didn't get yep. that feeling again. Yeah. And it's no fault of the game because the, the game is, is, no. is brilliant. It's just, yeah, it's us. <laughs> I mean, there's honestly, I mean, I think there's, there's something there about, you know, does everything need to be remade or remastered, you know? Um, and maybe yeah, that's it's, a separate conversation, but not everything needs to be, to be, to come back, you know? Right. I mean, and I don't want to say that they were products of their time, but when you think about how big skateboarding was in the late nineties, early two thousands, Tony Hawk was a legend. He was a pop culture icon. You watched the X games back then. It was like you put on ESPN to watch the X games in the summer. It was just, it was in that moment that this was that defining video game for a generation that you know, just didn't click with me. I guess this is like, you know, if you're old and you want to revisit disco. Yeah. You just can't. The disco era is dead. But I will That's probably dead. still get the game if it's on a discount <laughs> later on this year on Black Friday. Because I like I like, you know, getting physical Switch games. Yeah, I think if I could get it for twenty bucks or like fifteen dollars on the Switch, I think I would do it. I'd regret it probably after a week and say, <laughs> why don't I love you? But I'd definitely be tempted. 
That was the final Streamlabs question for this week. Thank you all who donated, asked a question, and continue to support the channel. We greatly appreciate it. And once again, today's episode is dedicated to Sketchdog and Shamsa, each who generously donated $100 to support the channel. And as a reminder, if you donate $100 or more, we will dedicate the episode to you. Or you can donate any amount, ask a question, we will answer it at the end of the episode. And I'd like to thank my co-host, Modern Vintage Gamer, for joining me as always. Thanks for having me on, Nate. It was a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. Yes, it was definitely a fun conversation about this very odd occurrence with Nintendo going specifically after an outlet and their attempts to discredit them. Hopefully everyone enjoyed this episode. Let us know your thoughts on the situation in the comment section below. If you enjoyed the video, give it a like. If you didn't, give it a dislike. If you have not subscribed to the channel already, be sure to do so. We will be back soon with a, another episode. We will very likely be talking about the Nintendo Switch versus the Valve Steam Deck, and there is a lot to go over on that topic. But until next time, continue to embrace the hate.